are here. We are queer. Get used to it. <laughs> Michelle, we have a special guest on the show today. Yes, I'm very excited about now, this one. Now, American audiences, I guess, became familiar with her from Beloved with Oprah and, and all that and stuff. Crash. And well, Crash was years later. Yes, you know? yes, yeah, yes, yeah, true. yeah. But Tandy Newton, of course, we we know Tandy Newton now from the Westworld, where she's what snatching trophies. Yes, Emmy Just winner. Won the Emmy. Uh, hi, Tandy. Hello, my darling. Now, okay, so uh, did you expect to win the Emmy? No. No. What Look did you at think my would happen? Face. If I'd known, I would have kept myself together. <laughs> I mean, I was just. I was uh, I was ridiculous. Did, yeah, I, I couldn't even get up out of my seat. My, actually, my buttocks would not. They were just firmly planted. But we should chair. talk about that pink Brandon Maxwell yeah, gown I that know. you wore. You I was so happy in that. It's a so vision. A vision. A oh vision. my god! I'm so glad you used that word. Yeah. I've literally. That is like the best way to be described, isn't it? It's you were to so be gorgeous. As a vision. Well, and, I love and you, Michelle. Pink is a, lo- a lucky uh, color for me because I I won the week before in a pink suit, and okay. I won the first, first time. time in a pink so suit. So you would wear pink to to be lucky. I sure, but well, I I was wearing white when we won the night you won. Like oh yes, but, yes, um, like a bride. But I did have there was some pink somewhere. <laughs> Actually, actually, more now I think about it, no, there wasn't. (laughs) Maybe thirty years ago. (laughs) So okay, so yeah, the pink was divine, Brandon Maxwell. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, who is your stylist? Because you look great all the time. Your own personal style is fantastic. Mm. Uh, Who is your? Do you use the same stylist time after time after time? Erin Walsh. We've been. We've been working together now for a couple of years, ever since the Westworld mm-hmm. stuff started yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, before that, it was basically me for about ten years. I yeah. just, I just got a bit. Well, it was, it was partly because I wanted to trade the money that was going to be spent on styling into plane rides for my family. Right. Because right? I've got all these kids, you see. Yeah. How many kids do you have? <laughs> I've got three. Three kids. Yeah. Because I know you have an eighteen-year-old. You have a. A thirteen-year-old, yeah, and then and a, a four-year-old. A four-year-old, oh, the yeah. little one, yeah. the little bobbies. Yeah, so and so it, I would, yeah, I would, so I would find myself. I would do my own hair. I, I mean, my own makeup for red carpet for years, for years, years. years. red carpet too. Yes, I did. Yeah, That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, and well, because London is such a small island, and I, I was hooked up with so many of the best designers over yeah. there, and we've got such a great, yeah. you know, tradition of fashion over there. So I could just call up you know whoever Vivian Westwood call up Vivian well not her necessarily but um her mm. people they're mm-hmm. her peeps mm. but you know some of the up and coming designers too mm. they're really yeah. really great Giles Deacon um all of those peeps and where did your Donald. personal style come from your mom or your dad oh well I had the worst style for a long time um you know what it is it's just magazines I think mm. When do you think you hit your stride? At what point? How how long ago? Um, when I probably around the time of Crash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. Around the time of Crash, when I was just having to go on the red carpet a lot more, and I did start having a stylist that would help me out. But you know, you have a stylist, but you have to choose what you like. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think there are some people that will just rely on someone, and you mm-hmm. can tell who that is because right. the clothes wear them, right? And they don't wear the clothes. You can right. see. Got it. So that person was just throwing that outfit on, yeah. right? The stylist wanted that on the red carpet, did not take that person into consideration. Yeah, and sometimes it can look really great. Yes, but there's a kind of, 
I feel you can tell when people have have their own sort of idea because there's a consistency, you know. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I yeah. tend to not. I don't like a lot of accessories. I don't mm-hmm. like, a, you know, I'm too small to have, you know, sure. big earrings, a lot of, ma- you know, too much. Yeah. I like things to be, I like things to be refined. Yeah, me mm-hmm. too. I do. I, yeah. was, I like Sarcasm. refinement. And so, okay, so here you are in a Brandon Maxwell at the Emmys and you've been nominated before. Yeah. And, uh, Which is partly why I didn't expect to win, to yeah. be honest, because we had so many wonderful nominations last year for Westworld mm-hmm. and we didn't win very many I mean I, I did I won the Critics Choice Award which was fantastic mm-hmm. I wasn't there that night mm-hmm. but I think I I just found that I, I found it so quite stressful you know being nominated and and just all that anxiety and, and then losing which is fine but it was just it was just all that anxiety and it wasn't even about my work mm. it was about this yeah. this extra kind of business that I wasn't really a part of mm. you know and I did get super anxious around that time and mm-hmm. and kind of felt like I'd failed that's the other thing suddenly me and the show felt like it hadn't it hadn't won right and it's not of course it's really successful that's why you're there but in the in the world of the awards you win or lose and at the end of the night I would you know it's kind of like the whole feeling about the whole show would be determined by whether we'd won or lost right Mm -hmm. and that's obviously not the case no it's not you have to be quite strong you do you do so this year I got strong yeah and I was just thrilled to be there and absolutely had just got myself into get a little water done I'd got myself into the zone of just being grateful right I was really grateful well it worked and I think the majority of the people, if you think about it, the majority of the, nomina- the nominees, they don't win either. It's, yes. it's the minority that do win. So we're, it's, it's, we're all in, we didn't a, win last year. No, but it's a party being nominated. I know it, it sounds really so cliche. Is. When you're with everybody yeah, else and yeah. you're like, oh my God, we're together. Look I at all know. the nominees. Yeah. It's, it feels being invited and included in the party. Yeah. The truth is, after you've won, it feels like you're alone in the thing. And it's like, yeah. oh, um, Oh, it's just me now. Yep. You know, I, that sounds so weird. I know people listening are thinking, "Oh yeah, bitch, you got yeah. your, you snatched your trophy, <laughs> and you're like alone." Oh, poor you. Yeah. Well, but you had two other awards as well, so you were just alone with your two. Other I was awards alone with, my- with all of your awards. <laughs> yeah. True. Wow. Now you my were nominated for Crash. Is that true? You were. I won. That was my other big award. I Wait, won. I won the BAFTA. You which won is the, the British BAFTA. Academy Award, which was a really big deal. Yes, yeah, it still it was, is. It was a really big deal because I was like one of. I, can't, I actually didn't haven't researched this, but one of very few people of color mm. who have won a BAFTA award. Um, wow. Maybe probably the, the first person in that category for sure. And what category so, was it in? In Best Supporting Actress. Wow. So it was a real, I felt incredibly proud. And you, were you also nominated for Academy Award? No, the no, I the wasn't movie nominated, was. but, but the movie won. The movie won year. Best Picture that year. It was huge, but Crash yeah. was just one of those. It was a massive, huge, massive. Just being yeah. part of it was incredible yeah. now you know you got to admit that for an actress in hollywood who has been around as long as you have you 30 know that, years yeah that the trajectory is not you have defied the odds uh, you know in yeah. terms of because you're longevity. still longevity mm. you are still a big name and you're still snatching trophies mm-hmm. what do you attribute that what why do you think that is um i think i think it's because even though in the even though i still probably am perceived as a leading lady i'm actually a character actress mm-hmm. i think that's what it is i've got the 
desire and the spirit of a character actor, the, the roles I'm interested in, the way I want to play the roles. It's not about looking hot. Right, it's right. about... You just can't help that. <laughs> I have to try to mitigate against that. No, no, you're sweet. You're sweet. But I don't see myself as that. You mm. know, I and I love changing. Mm-hmm. I love I love to hide yeah. is the truth. You know, and I think that because of that, I have it hasn't been so easy to be put into a category. Mm-hmm. Um and I think also because I'm English, it's helped in over here. Because you're exotic for American yeah, audiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and it means I can't be pigeonholed in that, you know, in right. that case either. So I suppose it's it's that. And um, and I think I've got a really thick skin. I've got a thick hide. Yeah. Mm. Are you ambitious? I I think I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that I can finally admit that and not mm. feel ashamed of that. Yeah. Where did, where would the shame come from with that? Is it being a woman? That I Is think it... I'm good enough. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because for a long time, it wasn't that I thought I wasn't good enough. I just knew that nobody else thought I was. Mm-hmm. And I'd, mm. I'd internalized that kind of friction. Mm-hmm. So I would have that argument with myself all the time. Mm-hmm. You are good enough. No, you really aren't. And you, the, the no, you aren't would most often not win mm-hmm. um, except when I was doing the job mm-hmm. I would oh and that's why I loved oh, and still do love being on the set when you adopt that role mm-hmm. and everything else disappears it's like the most exquisite meditation did that was that always the case when you started always, doing films always the case really? I would just because I think I was really keen to disappear wow. is the truth to let go of the voices in my head telling me that I was a piece of shit, mm-hmm. you know, having mm-hmm. internalized those voices. I mean, literally those, those words. Did you study at, from what, from what age did you study acting? I never did. You never did? No, I studied dance. That was my great love. That's when I would, that was the first taste of, of creativity suspending me out of ego. You went to an art school, didn't you? Yeah, I did. But before that, when I was about three years old, uh, when I when when I was three years old, um, my mum took me to the local dance school, mm-hmm. and that was it. I was just it. It just gave me a place to spin about and 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 let rip and be this firefly, and it was allowed. I think I was. I mean, I think even my parents found it too much. Mm. I was just. <laughs> you, know, you can't see this, you listeners, but just darting about. Couldn't I just couldn't be contained? You have siblings. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I'd bring him in. He he'd come into my darting about. You know, the game's <laughs> naughty, very naughty as well, which uh. is creativity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. So, so you, you you studied dance. You didn't study acting. Yeah, how did the dance, acting come about? I was sixteen, and I was at a performing arts school, mm-hmm. um, and that had happened um, I, when I was eleven. Basically, the teacher and I was I grew up in a small town on the coast of England, like one of very few people. You're down in Cornwall, color. right? Down in Cornwall, baby. Pasties, mm. pasties, Cornish yeah. pasties. We'd have those every week. Yeah. What are pasties? It's a heavy pastry filled with. It's almost like a Jamaican beef patty. Okay. Yeah. But they call them with, pasties down in Cornwall. With meat and yeah. potato, turnip, and an onion and a lot of pepper. Oh, it's like a meat pie. Yeah. Yep. But so people good. love them. Pasties. Really, really Especially good. down in Cornwall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got this kind of big rope of um, 
of pastry. So, and it, it, originally they were made for, for the miners, the Cornish tin miners. Mm-hmm. Ah. And they had that big crust on them so that they could hold the pasty, eat it, and then throw the crust away because their hands were so dirty. Mm-hmm. So better so than was, a Greg sausage roll? It was just a way of holding it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And my, yeah, my bless my mum, my Zimbabwean mother is very good at making Cornish pasties. Mm. I mean, we live in such a fantastically mixed up world anyway i i want to talk about your your zimbabwe mother in a minute but uh the so you were going to performing arts school and somehow you you got into acting someone offered you a role yeah it was very very occasionally we would get auditions for things at the art school at the art school like when i was 12 there was an audition for the, the the royal festival ballet and i got the role and I did a Christmas season of the, of the Nutcracker wow. in London. Amazing. Were there other brown skinned kids in your class? No. Uh. No. Wow. No way. Uh-huh. I was like one of two. The entire time I was at the school from 11 to 18, there were three. Wow. Did you have kids. that feeling of where do I fit in? Why am I different? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. oh, massively. Yeah. Um, and I realize now in retrospect, some bullying. Yeah. But uh-huh. it didn't. Girls are clever, so they don't like bullying with girls is is different to to bullying with boys. I think mm-hmm. it can mm-hmm. be more psychological. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, you got a film role. I got a film role. I was I went for this audition when I was sixteen, and I was terrible, <laughs> <laughs> truly awful. But you got it. Yeah. So well, you weren't that bad. Well, because well, this is what happened. Um, I just. I was the only brown girl that fit that description. And so they sent me to London that, you know, that the movie was willing to pay for the train fare. So Uh I I went up to London with the head of drama who I barely knew because I didn't do I didn't do acting classes, dance classes. And went in, I remember going into the hotel room with this director and he gave me the pages and I read it theatrically because I just assumed acting meant that you have to put on a voice (laughs) and you just had... To act, <laughs> you know, <laughs> true, just awful. Yeah. And he actually said, oh, I've never heard it read like that, <laughs> that before. And he was a bit miserable, is the truth. Uh-huh. And, you know, he had a half an hour to kill because I was there. So rather than just tell me to leave, he gave me a tiny insight into what acting was. He said, you know, try and make me believe that these thoughts are occurring to you right now. And they're happening, you know, you know, in a spontaneous fashion, mm-hmm. and make me convinced that you are really here, this person. And I said to him, "Oh, you mean you want me to lie?" Mm. And he said, "Yeah, I guess." Yeah. So he went to the restroom. I had a look at the lines, came back, and I read it again, completely differently. Yeah. And it was that. I think it was the 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 transition with very few notes. Mm-hmm. The best kind of actor is the one that can change. If you ask them to, you know, you give them a suggestion of doing it differently and they'll just switch. Mm-hmm. And then you'll say, okay, that didn't work. Try it now like this. And then they switch. That is oh, gold. And I know that because that was, because I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I didn't make those decisions for myself. I was very malleable. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of a director's dream mm-hmm. because they would make a suggestion and I would, you know, quickly alter it. Um and that was the beginning. And do you that think was it. that the ability to do that has to do with your ability to have an imagination and, and learning mm, from dance? All that loneliness. All that loneliness, yeah. All that loneliness, you know, thinking, I think it was mainly reading. Um, we didn't have in the movie theater where I grew up one, you know, tiny theater. We didn't mm-hmm. go very much. It was expensive to take mm-hmm. a family out, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. 
three channels on the TV. It was more, more often it was books and I had to imagine these people, imagine the situation. And I loved it. I loved reading. Mm-hmm. So it was that really. So I, I can't remember. I'm sure your, your kids must be inundated with books and they culture. And they are. Are yeah. they wanting to be in yep. show business? Well, Nico, our 13-year-old, back when she was 11, purely by chance, because it wasn't something that we wanted to encourage in our kids. I think it's it is, it's such a difficult business, the yes. one that we're in, yes. that you have to have a passion for it. And I think you have to find it yourself. If it's just, I don't know, if you're, if you're pushed into it, first of all, you're less likely to have the desire right. because you're being pushed and we don't like being pushed as Mm-mm. people, do we? Nope. Um, and you know, just to have the... The staying power, mm-hmm. you have to want it with all your heart. And it's quite good initially to have people saying, well, I don't know if you should. Mm-hmm. You know, because I had my mother who just thought this film thing was not a real job. You know, mm-hmm. you hear that quite a lot with um, with actors. So my daughter, um, it was, she, she was doing, she was messing around on YouTube. We didn't even know she had a YouTube channel. And some very clever casting director's assistant saw her. Mm-hmm. And because we look so much alike, they wondered if she was my kid and they contacted my manager and said, is this Tandy Newton's daughter? And mm-hmm. if it is, would she audition? Mm-hmm. So it was some very clever casting person. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. smart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so we recorded her in <laughs> in the kitchen on the iPhone because I didn't want her to go in for an audition. I didn't mm-hmm. want her to have that stress and pressure, you know. And she got this role. She, she's playing, she's one of the leads in Tim Burton's Dumbo, which wow. is coming out in March. Oh my God, wow. the live action Dumbo. Um, yeah. I'm, I cannot wait for it that. The trailer made so me cry. Beautiful. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of it, enough to know it's magical. Wow. And she is, she's got, she's got it. Oh. Does she? I oh. love it. This, I love it. She has a presence, a stillness, which I, I mean, has taken me all this time. To, to discover. I think it was probably Westworld mm-hmm. where mm. I had to be, I had to think about what I was doing. I had to be still because I'm playing this, you know, AI. Yeah, yeah. And stillness was really important. And then from that place of stillness, every gesture means something and the power of stillness. You know, we were talking earlier yeah, yeah. about the power of silence. Yeah. Stillness. It's really, it's captivating. Mm-hmm. And it I is think captivating. There's a kind of acting that's been born in the last 50 years. This kind of, it's a sloppier, mm-hmm. groovier, more r- real, what well, we think it is real, mm-hmm. where pe- actors move around quite a lot mm-hmm. and touching their face and mumbling. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I feel like it's kind of apologizing for being there. Mm-hmm. When you look at movies from, you know, a while ago, people are still, and it's, look at Bette Davis. Yeah. Everything is deliberate and mm. it's incredibly powerful. It and if you see someone do it now, if, if you look at Judy Dench, for example, mm-hmm. just every gesture is thought about. Yeah. Mm. And I'm telling you, it's the way to go. We're going to talk more about Westworld and everything Tandy Newton after this break. Greats. Greats. <laughs> there are lots of greats in the world. Well, I want to talk about the greats sneaker company. Do it, really. They are in Brooklyn, yes. BK in the house. Yes. And they offer men's and women's styles yes. that are absolutely fantastic. Fabulous. Now, Michelle, I just got some that are like some, um, they're like, they're slides. They're like, um, 
what are they? They're, they're, I don't want to say the brand, the brand, but they have this animal print yes. on the sides. I love them they so much. They are stunning. Stunning. Is that your northern accent? Thank you. I'm glad you like it. Uh-huh. Uh, Greats is a Brooklyn, and they're Brooklyn born and bred. They're their first sneaker company out of Brooklyn. They offer men's and women's styles, like Rue says. The Greats, the classic styles, made the best for less. And you think about it, you're like, Greats, never heard of Greats. I'm telling you, these are quality They're fabulous. Shoes. I love them. They are so well made. Now, the best sellers include the all-leather Royal. Royale, a Royale, the Royale lace up, and the Worcester slip on. Uh huh. I got a pair of the Royal Gross Grains. Um, the that's what they're called. The Royal Gross. That's not grains. a family. Uh huh. That's the style. Yeah. You can save fifteen percent on your first purchase with uh, offer code RU. That's G R E A T S dot com. Promo code RU for fifteen percent off. I'm telling you, if you're looking for some new kicks that are nice, and I love a clean pair of new Me white too. shoes. Me too. Yeah. And they got all different colors. Uh huh. But this is the bomb dot com. Only it's greats dot com. I love greats. Yeah. Check it out. Squarespace is my dream. It's actually my dream of the future where everybody can do their own thing without going to some big company to do it for them. And Squarespace is brilliant for that reason. It is. You can make your own website on your own. You don't need a webmaster. No, These girl. are not slave days. You don't no. need no webmaster. Webmasters have been gone for a very long time. Making a website has never been easier. You can make a gorgeous website in minutes using their beautiful templates that we talk about all the time. And of course, their simplistic drag and drop platform. Hey, drag and drop. Holla. Check out squarespace.com slash Rue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code RU to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's offer code RU. And that was somebody calling right now to get their Squarespace. <laughs> you do it. We are back with Tandy Newton. And We're talking about pedicures. Hello. We're talking about pedicures and everything. So I want to talk about Westworld for a minute. Uh, uh, Let's do it. You, uh, okay. You, you said you've never studied, but <laughs> I think watching you as Maeve in Westworld is a master class in acting because the stillness is there, mm. but also there seems there's so many layers. Mm. And have you ever played a more badass character in God, your career? Never. It's it's never. you're born to play this role. You know. Never. Are you a badass? God, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm definitely in. An apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And the thing is, as you get older, you realize that badassery mm-hmm. isn't throwing yourself around, Mm-mm. dominating people. You know, it's, you know, think of Bruce Lee. Think mm-hmm. of think of martial arts. Yeah. You know, use your opponent's strength against them. Mm-hmm. These, you know, this these, these, these sort of tenets of ancient wisdom that really make sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was talking about stillness and so on. And, and also Maeve, is completely aware of her vulnerability. That's mm-hmm. the other thing. Right. You know, she's not hiding it. Um, but she's definitely the most powerful what's, character. What's I've your played. technique in approaching a role like this? Oh. Now, do you do you, do you write on the script and do you? Do you I mean, if you if you don't have a background in a, in a class or with a teacher, mm-hmm. have you trained with teachers before? Never. No. Yeah, and no. you can't prepare yourself to be AI. Yeah. How There's did no, you no, do well, that? What they wanted was for us to be as human as possible. Mm. Um, and the scenes as written are very specific. So they, and it, which is really lovely. It gives the layers. Um, and you see us playing the same scene again and again, you know, yeah, slightly yeah, differently. Yeah, exactly. And what's gorgeous about Maeve, and well, particularly Maeve in season one, is that she's learning as 
as the seasons go on. She's learning that she's learning what's going she's on. She's learning in that, the, she, that yeah. she has a kind of consciousness. Yeah. And it's written very well, mm-hmm. you know. But the adjustments, it's very clear as well. Her mm. her her objective is extremely clear, which helps um, in terms of acting. You know, I have but the, the the more subtle things, oh I just loved it. And I think it was partly because I what one thing I have studied maybe not formally, is trauma mm-hmm. and suffering. Is it because of the movie Crash? I was like, because of Crash, you had to go well, through... Well, I think it's it's because I tend to play people who are at the worst times in their lives, mm. who are experiencing ho- horrifying grief for themselves. Yeah, Beloved mm. was no walk in the park. Either. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, no. and, I, and I have been fascinated by how to recover from trauma, you know. And I think it's also, you know, my own personal journey of recovery from... Um, from from trauma mm-hmm. um and the way i felt most comforted is by knowing that i'm not alone by you know discovering how other people have have helped themselves or been helped and and also my work as an activist too because once you've realized that there are people who are experiencing trauma in ways that are so much worse than your own you know mm-hmm. it's just like this, my next step is to is to try and do everything i can to to support and help because I've been helped mm-hmm. by, you know, people who've been through a lot. Eve Ensler was a very, very big... Um, the vagina monologue. vagina monologue, really? yeah, and she's an activist. Uh, and she was a big um, um, sort of an inspiration to me. Just seeing someone who has transitioned from pain into power and who's just now, she's badass. She's, she's, she's free. That's mm-hmm. what it is, free. Mm-hmm. And that's Maeve. Mm-hmm. She's discovering that through awareness, she can liberate herself, ah. and then in some, in maybe in subsequent seasons, she'll liberate others. But for her, it's about personal, the and it's about justice too. Justice must be done. This betrayal that occurred, where she was basically built to believe that she was human when she wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only through the discovery of truth and awareness that she will achieve her freedom. It's a fight for freedom. And my God, I feel that in every cell of my being. Really? You, you know? mentioned trauma, and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want, but uh, what what trauma, I mean, I obviously living life is traumatic, mm. but um, what great trauma are you referring to? Um, well, talking about about betrayal and 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 lies that's that's what it is for me and it's different elements um i think first of all as a ch- as a child being in an environment where i wasn't free to be um to be appreciated and loved mm-hmm. as much as i should have been mm. because of the color of my skin mm-hmm. right and I was being fed an idea of who I was, which is less than. Mm-hmm. And once I started to realize that, well, that led me into a series of of, of missteps. And I, I accepted situations just because I felt so grateful that anybody thought I was, m- you know, more than insignificant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And that unfortunately happened to me when I became an actress in the film industry. In the very first film that I was in, I was sexually abused. Um, And that betrayal was something I didn't really understand until I was in my early 20s. And it's around that time I met Eve Ensler too. Mm -hmm. It so happened. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I realized I'd, you know, that, that my low self-esteem had been exploited. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, unfortunately, it, it was um, the person that was responsible just seemed to prey on vulnerable right young which happens women. quite a bit yes yeah. Yeah. so i fell foul and you know i suppose what i what i really you know what was most important to me was to try and understand why would i let that happen to myself now you know if you're a minor which i was mm-hmm. this, the law God. looks after you mm-hmm. right you know mm-hmm. your parents try and do everything they can but if you're a kid on your own on a movie set halfway around the world i'm sorry you know that's I was, you know, I was abused. Mm -hmm. But after that, you become an adult and it's you have to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And if anything has happened to you as a young person, it's very, very difficult to then, you know, you internalize that instead of taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. you know. And I I, I think for a long time, I, I just, I didn't, you know, I was just trying to search for a way to understand why I'd allowed myself to you know be exploited in that way you blamed yourself i did blame myself Mm. for a long Mm. long long time which i think Mm. happens a lot and we need that to stop you know yeah well i think and and you know we see now people are being held accountable for for what they've done and the finally and the fact that it's for 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 for, you know for um abuse yes i think that is completely reasonable Mm. you know of course it's a a wound that has is, sure. is infected yep. and we've yeah. got to clean it out so what would so what what do you tell you how many you have daughters you have boys and two girls? big girls 13 big, and 18 so what would you tell them knowing what you know <laughs> not just about show business but about self-esteem yeah. and, and how to read the signs yeah uh, what do you tell them well if a person if a human being is respected encountered and loved they do it for themselves because mm-hmm. they internalize that. And if they find themselves, felt self in a situation where they're not respected, not loved, not encountered, they question it mm-hmm. as opposed to just accepting it. Mm-hmm. And just that simple adjustment is huge. huge. And, you know, I take it further than that. There's a wonderful a psychologist, a Swiss psychologist you pro- probably know, she's called Alice Miller. Mm. Amazing work about how... Um, how adults affect children, how we affect the um, the psychology and emotions of, of little children in, mm. in the way we behave and speak to them. And she was really influential in the way I talk to my kids. Um, and, um, you know, it would even go so far as when my, my eldest daughter was at school and she would come back and say someone had been unkind to her, I would say, goodness, that's so sad that that person would, would want to sacrifice you as a friend. Mm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, well, they're horrible. Right. Right. Just trying to, just trying to instill m- my kids with the sense of any kind of ill treatment comes from fear. Yes, comes from pain. Yeah, and that it, it that they don't it, it, they don't have ownership of that. That, yes. that it's don't it's on the it other person. It's not personal. It's not personal, yeah. and it has had a profound effect on my children. Mm-hmm. A profound effect. So smart. And 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 just just simply. 
to respect. We don't respect children. Mm -hmm. Adults have so many issues around their own ego Mm -hmm. that suddenly you've got a little kid around, you can feel superior. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. it just feels, you you habitually enjoy the daily feeling of feeling superior. Yeah. And they're wild, these kids. They've got, they're they're so strong and so free and so happy, Mm -hmm. you know. And so you've got these little, these little beams of light. And if your light has been shadowed, you just, you just want to cover theirs up too. Really? Yes. I think that's what happens. And it just, rather than do that, I think to myself, if my kids, if I feel this sense of, oh, that it's too much, like, if it makes me feel, if their happiness makes, makes me feel grumpy or, or, or or just be quiet. Mm. I think what's wrong with me today? Well, you're smart. Yeah. And if more parents thought that way, there'd be but it is. less it's, abuse, less of issues. Of course yeah. it is. And yeah. it is. But, but, you know, it's easy for me. You know, I've got a good job. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, I've had enough fantastic mentoring and mm-hmm. time to, 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 to work on myself and come to a place of awareness. Um, and it is hard for people. You, mm-hmm. you see a low-income you know yeah. single parent on the street shouting at their kid and I just think you poor thing and this is something I mean just while I'm on that subject someone told me something really really smart which which I really has helped me so much when I see someone on the street which unfortunately it happens yes. right being really awful to their kids mm-hmm. rather than go up and say don't do that you're an awful person mm-hmm. Go up and say, hey, you seem really stressed out. Is there anything I can do to help? Mm. And they immediately soften. They don't tell you to fuck off? Yeah. And also, when you go, they don't tell their kid, look what you fucking went and made me do. Right, right. Whack. Right, right. And again, you know, it's about seeing reckless, antagonistic, unkind behavior as fear and just pain. That's what it is. It is is. what it is. That's what it is. But we just... Unfortunately, we react. Mm-hmm. It triggers our own fear and Absolutely. pain, and then it escalates, and it just keeps on going. Yeah. Now, when this this thing happened to you uh, when you were a kid, did you tell your mother or anyone? No. How long before you told someone? A couple of years. Yeah. You were too but scared. But it wasn't. It wasn't. Unfortunately, it wasn't saying this has happened. It was. Um. Oh, you know. I think this might turn into a relationship what do you you know yeah mm. um and so it went on for a very long time uh, unfortunately yeah um and that was fed to me that was told you know you should say this yeah because then i was kind of legal yeah mm. um which is a real shame because yeah. it just perpetuated that i had no idea i yeah. was you know when i was 16 i hadn't even dated a boy right 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 i literally had come from a place in the on the coast of england where i was not attractive mm. i had been bullied um, I'd literally had boys like, you know, not want to, if I, you know, if a, if a girlfriend, there's one awful time when a girlfriend tried to set me up with someone and he hadn't seen me. I just had these, oh, no. I'd just written letters for mm-hmm. two months and he mm-hmm. thought I was wonderful in these letters. Mm-hmm. And then we finally met at this party mm. and he wouldn't talk to me the whole party. Oh, and I was the only kid that didn't have, like, oh. everyone was set up with someone right? and I didn't have anybody. I was... Mm. 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and that's let's the worst 13. time in a girl's life mm-hmm. to begin with and then i remember and this is i mean i, I shouldn't laugh because it is fucking tragic so everyone had got hooked up it was the end of the night and there was just alcohol everywhere because mm-hmm. the parents you know the adults at a party yeah the mm-hmm. it was it was my friend's dad's 50th year in showbiz mm-hmm. right 
And I just started drinking the leftovers of the adults mm-hmm. because all the girls had got hooked up with all the boys. And it was just me, and I'm sorry to say this, it was me and the, the fat girl with the, with the, with the turned up nose, mm-hmm. right, who didn't have dates. Mm-hmm. And we were just hanging out together. And mm-hmm. then the geeky boy, like we're talking like the, the you know, I'm yes. sorry to be no, so I know. like- Like socially inept. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and and I know it just sounds like, you know, the breakfast club, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it, it was that kind of stereotype thing. Because they were real, those breakfast club yeah. kids. Yes, they were. So she, she and I are sitting together and this, the awkward boy comes over and says, do you want to come and dance? And, and when he came over, I was just looking at my knees. Yeah. I couldn't bear oh, even to look. God, I'm yeah. He said, hey, do you want to come dance? And I was like, oh my God, okay. So mm-hmm. I stood up, couldn't believe it was happening, walked to the dance floor. And then when I did look up, he had been talking to the other girl. Oh, he asked her to dance and not Yes. You. And so they then started kissing on the dance floor and I was left standing there. So he, he went with done. the big girl. Yes. He, was, he had talked, he had said it to her, not to me, but uh-huh. I just couldn't, I was just looking at my knees. But I thought he was talking to me mm-hmm. which says something about me yeah you know, it should have been me yeah anyway Isn't that interesting so what, i went back to that table i cried oh, and cried funny. and cried you didn't cried care who was what looking oh no yeah. we're talking like ugly cry yeah. didn't give a fuck yeah. no yeah. it was over yeah. it was awful it, yeah. until until my my friend's mother went to her and said take tandy upstairs for god's sake she's looking uh, yeah. yeah. you know what's interesting and, about and, yeah, this so to, just to finish the story though just quickly so it sounds so sad. I hope Tad, poor Tandy. Um, you can always cut it out. Um, no, anyway, we've so, all had these stories. Yeah. So and so months later, my friend and she didn't tell me this for years. My friend, uh, he, she talked to the boy that I'd been writing to, the one that was supposed to be my date, and she said to him, "You know what happened? Why didn't you? Why didn't you want to talk to Tandy?" And he said, "Well, you never said she was black." Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But when she told me that, because for months I just felt like a piece of shit, mm-hmm. right? But as soon as she told me years later that it was because I was black, I was like, what a fucking idiot. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that has no place mm-hmm. in my right. thinking. Right. But the trouble is people would never say that. In England, it wasn't as overt. They wouldn't like use the words. Yeah. It would ju- They just wouldn't talk to you. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah. assumed it was because I wasn't worth talking to. What's yeah. interesting about that and, and how this came from, uh, you're talking about Maeve, the character from Westwood, Westworld, and how that resilience and how being hurt in many different ways, really gave you the the texture it that that character needed. Mm-hmm. And I, I say this to all the kids out there who may be listening to this, uh, who may be have going through the same thing. In my situation, in, in Michelle's situation, it it's those rough spots like mm. that that create a diamond, the diamond yes. in the rough yeah. like that. And you can't tell that to a kid no. uh, when that's happening, yeah. no. but you just have to go through it. Now we're going to yeah. talk to more Uh, Talk more about uh, Westworld and uh, Tandy Newton after this break. Talkspace is an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with an internet connection and Talkspace, the Talkspace mobile app. Yep, that means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. We've all got busy schedules. We've all, you know, been in that situation where we put our mental health on the back burner. Yeah. Big mistake. Big mistake. Guess, wait, all, guess what? All those relationships or all those things, you know, if you're having issues at work, issues in whatever part of your life, even issues 
issues just with yourself. The one thing you can't put on the back burner is your mental health. That's right. And if you can't imagine fitting anything else into your life, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending your therapist a message. You can text them, get something off of your chest whenever you need to, talk about everyday challenges at work or at home, just chat about life. No extra commutes, just, you know, you don't even have to leave the, leave the office if you don't want to, and no judgments, most importantly. The Talkspace platform is over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life challenges that we all face, and let's face it, we all face them. Yeah. To match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Rue. I'm telling you guys, this can change your life in more of a big way than you even know. That's Talkspace.com, offer code Rue. And get $45 off your first month. We are back with Tandy Newton from Westworld, just snatched trophies okay, from the <laughs> Emmy Awards and is about to direct her first feature. This is well, your first feature you're directing? It is, yeah. Wow. And what made you what made you want to do this film? Do you want to talk? You don't have to yeah, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wanted to do this because, well, I think I'd been, I've always loved writing. Mm-hmm. That was my first first love did you write this too i did yeah wow Tammy. i mean when i was a kid i used to love writing because again that was the place an escape yeah, yeah that was an escape reading and and writing stories well your mother yeah. comes from is royalty she is royalty so, how's yes, your mother Mom. royalty so well in in zimbabwe as in a lot of african countries before colonialism there they obviously had their own royal lineages mm-hmm. except it's very different to the way we see royalty um in 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 you know Europe and America mm-hmm. and so on, um, where it's one royal family mm-hmm. in Africa, which is bloody massive. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. within a region, you would have a king, a queen, the royal lineage, and mm-hmm. princes and princesses, and then the next town would have their own. So it was there were many more of them, but within my mother's region, her family were the royal family, mm-hmm. and she remembers when she was a child, people passing their homestead. And genuflecting to mm-hmm. my grandmother, mm-hmm. who was wow. the, who was the princess. Mm-hmm. So yes, by birth, my mother was a princess, and then I was first born. So that would be me too. How um, did she find herself in England? My parents met in Zambia, Zambia neighboring Zimbabwe. My mum had gone to uh, Zambia to to work in the hospital there as a as a nurse. Mm-hmm. She trained in London, funnily enough, mm-hmm. but then gone back to Zimbabwe, which is what a lot of African people, you know, would do mm-hmm. and still do is you mm-hmm. train in another country, then you go back. So she went back and my dad, um, who, who was from Cornwall, hence mm-hmm. me going to being in Cornwall, he had loved the blues all his childhood and, and young adulthood. And he wanted to go to the, where the roots of the blues mm. um, was born. And he realized that it was West Africa or Africa, mm-hmm. not America. Mm-hmm. It's pretty groovy of my dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he just got a, you know, got a globe and put his finger on the map of Africa and it happened to be Zambia. Wow. And so they met in the hospital. He was a laboratory technician and she was a midwife. Yeah. And that's where they met. And we all lived there very happily for a while. Mm. Uh, And then things started going a bit dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. And you have uh, one brother? One brother, Jamie. And he's younger or older? He's younger. Yeah. And is he gorgeous, as as gorgeous as you are? Divine. Divine. Is he an artist? He is, um, he works behind the camera. He's the one doing all the um, EPKs on, on movies. Yeah. Oh, Ele- that's and that, that's ele- electronic press kits. So yes. that's all the behind the scenes stuff on movies. Yeah. And he'll he'll do press junkets 
And if you're lucky, he'll be the one that interviews you. Everybody loves my brother. I'll literally mm. do a movie. I remember doing a movie with Hayden Christensen, a movie with Jamie Bell. And they came up to me saying, is Jamie Newton your brother? Uh. And they'd remembered him from press on a well, movie. Well, there's something about Jamie. There he is. About Jamie! Everybody's talking about Everybody's Jamie. Everybody's talking about Jamie. <laughs> Everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh so now, now tell me, you don't have to give too much away but tell me about your film and and oh, you yes. wrote this film and it's you're a, in the process now of casting it, it yes yeah setting it up and you're so filming it here in america in america in california um it was a book that i read to my girls when they were seven and eleven so not lace it's not lace <laughs> you're not you're not redoing lace are you sure <laughs> Because I'm available. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that you'd be great. <laughs> Thanks. You'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, Goldfish. You'll be playing the role of Goldfish. <laughs> yes. That's right. Three-second memory. Me. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> That's why she does what she does. <laughs> she doesn't remember. Um, it's not lace. Um, and... <laughs> And uh, and I find out my it was my eldest daughter um, who said that would make a great movie. Mm. We read this book and we were all in tears at the end. So good, mm. um, but it's a kids. It was you know kids book tweeners they call them. Mm-hmm. And I found out who had the rights, like a middle grade. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I found out who had the rights, and it was a, a wonderful producer um, who I had talked to about making something with just the previous year by mm. chance and she assumed i was ringing her to ask if i could play the lead the lead mother the mother mm-hmm. role mm-hmm. the leads are actually three little girls and and i convinced her that i wanted to write it so mm-hmm. i did a draft and i also knew i wanted to direct it but you mm-hmm. know you can't just say you want to direct it when you have never done anything before mm-hmm. so through the way i wrote the script i think it was pretty clear that i had a director's eye mm-hmm. and here we are you know wow. 5 years later and it's been tricky because I'm an actress and that's how I make my living, right. you know, mm-hmm. and I can't just, well, up until fairly recently, I, I haven't been able to just stop for a year mm-hmm. to set up a tiny film about three African-American girls. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an easy sell, this film. Right. right? Um, a little bit easier now. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, Emmy. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, the climate has changed and there is a greater desire to see diversity you know everywhere Mm -hmm. with not just you know what you're seeing on screen but stories being told um and it feels like this is this is the moment for it without a doubt so it's about revolution coming of age story yeah Yeah. it's but but revolution i love that and again it's the theme of freedom which Mm. keeps coming up yeah for me it's um personal freedom yeah um so are you afraid at all are you scared well no, I, you know, I, one of the things that's happened getting older and accepting myself fully is not being afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. That's how um, we learn, isn't it? It is how we yeah. learn. Mm-hmm. And the other thing on a, you know, pragmatic level, people are going to lend you millions of dollars. They're going to really think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? So mm-hmm. if someone is willing to put you in that position, their faith is is built on, you know, a lot of experience. So I have to... You know, I agree with them. Sure. Well, give, you know what it is? I've started backing myself. Good. That's what it is. Good. You know. You have to. Yes, you, have, else yes, you do, yeah. but, it, but it, it takes a while. Yeah, of course. You know, we're always looking for permission. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I was, certainly. Same. Yeah. Looking Same. for yeah. permission. Yeah. We all do that. And then suddenly it's like, actually, I'm the grown-up now. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who's in charge now. It's funny. You don't see that shift. No. I was just saying that. I just turned 50. You don't. 
I don't know how I became 50. You don't mm-hmm. know where that happens. And yeah. at some point you go, I guess, because I have to grow up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not yes. grow up like. Because you feel the same and that yeah. you want to keep. Yeah. You want to keep that bloom and that, that right. fire of and the hunger of youth. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, but but we are adults and we are I think in charge. It's, it's also, it's about taking responsibility. I agree. Which is really hard for people. Yeah. You know, well, to listen, take responsibility. that said, and the fact that people have, are loaning you millions of dollars. How do you resist the temptation to make it a blockbuster, to actually walk halfway to the investors and try to make it something that people are going to want to go and spend their money to buy a ticket for? I mean, the temptation to put, you know, some hot actor Mm -hmm. in it or something that makes it. How do you resist that? Or do you want to resist that temptation? Well, funnily enough, the the financiers of of this movie aren't... um, uh, that's not important to them. They just want the best film to be made. Mm. And they their remit is to support women and people of color. I mean, I literally, that. that is that they're a new company. And Did you seek them out because of that? Like, I actually how do you- met one of the um, founders through my human rights work. Wow. Mm. She's a documentary filmmaker and a human rights activist and uh, is an heiress. Mm-hmm. But lucky. Yeah, but is really has has made it her business and her has devoted her adult life to telling stories that need need to be told. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Difficult amazing. stories. Yeah. yeah. Difficult stories. Wow. So, um we're the perfect fit. Yeah. But you know, I'd like I will if if I can find ways to I mean, I love the idea. Jonathan Demme used to do this beautifully. The director Jonathan Demme find yeah. an actor, a star that you think of in a certain role and mm-hmm. flip it. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think of him as a man who is dying of AIDS right. mm-hmm. and loves Maria Callas. Mm-hmm. You know, but he knew that Tom Hanks was more and deeper and sure. richer yeah. than the all-American yeah. funny man. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know, and I think I love I love how mercurial and chameleon-like actors are, mm-hmm. and how much. They want to change and how mm. nervous they are to do it. And just given the faith and the right environment, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that too. I yeah. am certainly not opposed to using um, mm-hmm. stars. Yeah. And, because, and, and helping people surprise themselves. Sure. You know? Because you, you mentioned there are three girls in this in the thing. And yeah. then uh, there's the father mm-hmm. and the mother. Mm-hmm. Now, could those be big stars? Yeah, they could be. Yeah. Definitely. Have you cast the mother and the father yet? No, not yet. Uh, not uh. yet. That's all in the in the works. And then there are a few other characters who, um, there's a grandmother and uh, and a few older characters sort of that could definitely. And I, you know, I have a feeling that the right people will be, will gravitate towards it. I have a lot of, I've, I have a lot of beautiful and friends mm-hmm. um, and in the business. And, and your husband's a director. My husband's a director. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think I might be able to ask people if they'd come and do a couple of days here, there. It's a short, it's a little, a little sure. project. Yeah. And, um, but I just have faith that the right, the right people will, will be drawn to it. Mm-hmm. And the sure. fact that I have financiers who aren't, you know, haven't got dollar signs in their eyes. Right, right. We're going to go to a break in just a minute, but um, uh, uh, we've got Tandy Newton and uh, you've got so much uh, coming up because you're going to start on Westworld soon. Season three, March. When is that? Oh, in March. Yeah. So, so in, on your break, 
uh, between now and March, you can make the film. Yeah. Right. And then music, um, because that's a big, uh, that's going to eat up a lot of licensing, is it? Because it's it oh, takes place in the 60s, yeah. right? 1968. Oh, and that was a great the year for really music. Really great so year. So good. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Because really so if it's in good. Oakland, you got to have Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, come here. Yeah. Give it to me. Yeah. Because they're, that's San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. And that's going to cost a few dollars. Ah, all right, we've got Tandy Newton. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back after this. Child, Squarespace is taking over the world. We love some Squarespace because they made it so simple for people to make their own websites. I mean, if you're an artist, if you are a visioneer, if you have a business, Squarespace is the way to create a website for yourself to your specifications. I love it. In fact, so many of our listeners have made websites yes. with Squarespace. They send us these letters to uh, RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. I love to hear these success stories. Michelle, do you have a letter? I do. Hey, Rue and Michelle. And it says in Adele voice, hello from the other side. I love it. <laughs> of the pond in London. I've been a huge fan of the podcast and drag race for ages. Listening to the podcast brought Squarespace to my attention. So thank you. I'm simply in love with it. I've relatively, I have a relatively new business selling art, which focuses on <laughs> the male form. Oh, oh, I thought, oh, I thought you didn't notice. Mm-hmm. I sell a lot of works online and therefore it's important for me to have a stylish website which displays my art in their best light. More than that, I actually managed to set it up and manage it myself. This has saved me a fortune. The cost of employing independent IT guys can cost thousands. So for uh, what you get with Squarespace, it's simply a bargain. As someone who's not particularly good with computers, I find it so easy to do. I hope you guys are hearing that. What I really like is that I can change the template and the structure of the website with just a few clicks. It also looks just as good as whether you view it on a computer, tablet, or smart smartphone, and I can't recommend it enough. If you fancy checking out my website, it's henrymillerfineart.co.uk. That's henrymillerfineart.co.uk. Thanks again to both of you. You bring such joy into my life and so many of my friends. May it continue forever. Much love, Henry. I'm going to have to check that website oh, out. Oh, girl. Oh, yeah. I see where your mind is at. I love it. I love the male form. <laughs> Ah, me too. <laughs> and listen, if you want to check out uh, your new website, Michelle here will tell you how to do you it. You can get a free <laughs> trial with no credit card required. Just head to squarespace.com slash roof for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code RU to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's offer code RU. You'll be getting a great deal. Thanks again to Squarespace. And keep sending in your websites to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. We are back with Tandy Newton, Emmy winner Tandy Newton. What category did you win in? Um, I won uh, Best Supporting Actress yeah. in a drama series. In a drama series, yes. And so, um, have you seen your other co-stars? And you had you had co-stars in that same category, is that right? No, no, no. Um, Evan Rachel Wood. Evan was, was nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we had lots of we had lots of nominations. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, I, what's going to be like that first day of work back when you've got your Emmy? Oh, and so, well, that's a few of our tech team did one Emmy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I think I've had so many messages, you know, from from, yeah. from the Westworld family. But I think it's it, we will, everybody will feel proud. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. of course I couldn't have done any of it right. without yeah. em, sure. all of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and everyone knows that, and and I think everyone knows that I'm certainly not taking it all for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
I stood on that stage and just felt the, this abundance of love for everybody who, yeah. who was involved with the show. Now, doing a show like that, there's a lot of nudity. There is so much nudity in this show. It's nudie Rudy. It's nudie <laughs> Rudy. You, if you got panties, take them panties <laughs> off. Now, did you have a problem? Did you know that going into it? Do you have, how do you prepare for something like that? <laughs> Good God. I think I just went into denial. Uh-huh. I... Well, when I started shooting the show, I I was, my baby was, when we started shooting, my baby was five months old. Oh, really? what? My wow. third baby, yeah. Wow. And I was breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, what what could I do? You know, that's what I was doing. I didn't want to stop breastfeeding mm-hmm. because I, you know, I like to breastfeed my kids for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then for continuity reasons, I didn't realize that the show was going to take 18 months to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah. your breasts start going so, down. Well, no, I fed that kid for two and a half years. So oh, bless your heart. I did, two and a half oh, years. My and it, it's my third, my third child. It's so. good for your kid anyway. Yeah, so. it was wonderful for my, yeah. for my kid and for, yeah. and for me too. It's yeah, such of course. a tender thing. Yeah. It is. Um, so, and breastfeeding for me personally, I get really fit. My mm-hmm. body is just in, it just... Is it, it its most optimum, strong, good? Because um, you did all your children. You you breastfed I all did, your kids. I yeah. did. I breastfed all my mm-hmm. all my kids, um, and so in preparation for the for the nudity, I also knew that they weren't going to be gratuitous with it. Mm. I've been involved in shows where it is not shows. Well, one TV show and and movies where they just want to catch a shot mm-hmm. of my body mm-hmm. without it being either good for the story, mm-hmm. necessary for the story, you know, and. Funnily enough, I had definitely got to a point where I didn't want to do, I certainly didn't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I also started, because I, I was very free with my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just didn't, it's just, it's just skin. And, sure. You know, I didn't feel that kind of. Well, it doesn't hurt that you have a beautiful I was body. like, if <laughs> mine looked like that, I'd be free with it too. But no. But I think it was also a, a little bit of not, it wasn't sacred to me, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not all good. Mm. Um. And I think that helped me. That sense of slight numbing of my body mm-hmm. is partly what helped me deal with not loving myself properly, you know. Oh, abuse. so disassociating from the body. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And That's that interesting. came as when I first had, when I had my children, my first baby, Ripley, I definitely came out of that yeah. and started to just be in awe of my body and right. how extraordinary it was. Right. But not not really in a sexual way, yeah. just how fantastic it, this device is. Yes. Um, yeah, my, yeah, my relationship with my body has been, been really no, interesting. I actually, I'm going to have, I'm going to do some l- sex scenes for this thing I have coming up. Oh, and wow. I want to know if you have some advice because I've never... I I don't think I've I don't no, think I've it. ever passionately kissed someone on screen, on screen nope. before. Oh, what do you do? What do you, do you, you you do you actually do it for real like it's a real or do you follow a, a movie and television choreography? It's something that looks good cuz you know those movies from the 30s, you know there's they they tilt their head right. and they there'd be no tongue. They would sort of just put their lips together and it looks looks good on camera. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. is that how you did it? In you have we have a, a scene with the Brazilian guy Santoro. Oh, Rodrigo. Is that Santoro. his name? Santoro yeah, Rodrigo. We were constantly at it. Really? Yeah. And um, okay, wait a minute. Walk me through this because <laughs> that hot piece of ass. Now, by the way, oh. you wrote the scene. 
I, so yeah, you yeah. know when you were writing that you were you knew where you were going, didn't you? Yeah, well, you listen. I mean, what do you mean you wrote the scene in the in the scene that I'm doing? Oh, I uh, see. Yeah, but it, I mean, the characters have to. You yes, have to right. see them. You have to go there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but that's Tor- scary okay. shit. It's yeah. scary. This, I mean, it goes way back for me. Um, this is what occurs to me when you say when you say it. I think taking the mystery and the um, the the kind of sacred mm-hmm. intimate you know, the, the, the covenant of, of, of yes of, because you share that with your partner mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and it's sacred it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. I think one has to so it's two things it's the physical stuff which mm-hmm. basically your director takes care of that sure that's it yeah but this other stuff about letting go it's about I think it's about taking away the mystery and the sacredness of that act unfortunately yeah. and the way and I only learned this by accident because I was doing this movie with um, David Thewlis mm-hmm. it's a, a Bertolucci film and he and I had to kiss quite a lot and my husband and I just got married and um, with all due respect to David Thewlis I wasn't like oh god I really fancy David Thewlis yeah. You know, and I didn't not like him either. But First me, of all, kudos for, me, for was... being able to say his last name because I've never been able to say <laughs> it. <laughs> You're most welcome. Th- th- Thewlis. 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 Okay. It is quite a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I, it was technical. It was pragmatic for me. Mm. And But my husband was getting really upset about it. I was going to ask about that. Mm. And he had, I guess it was, he'd already been a bit upset about um Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. but he's a director. He knows how it goes. Well, he wasn't a director then; mm-hmm. he was a writer, and he'd a bit of a bit upset about other things that I'd been doing. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of building and building, and and he was expressing how you know it's just a bit hard for me. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I was I was preparing for the scene like the night before, and he was getting into a bit of a grump about how hard it was for him. You know, just mm-hmm. I said, and, I, and I said to him, I said, you know what, sweetheart, I'm a bit nervous about doing this because it's something I have to. You know, I have to break out of myself and do this thing, and it is awkward. And I said, and I really need your support. Mm-hmm. Your jealousy is like another weight yeah. that I have to deal with. Sure, yeah. And I get it, but please, I'm asking you. Please, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Can you support me? Mm-hmm. And it just absolutely switched. A fl- uh, it, it flicked a switch for him. Yeah, that he realized that. You know, it was difficult. It's. You know, yes, you have to be in the moment and give it energy and go for it. Mm-hmm. And so figuring it out for you personally and for your partner is number one, mm-hmm. you know, to give you, so to take away the, to take away that oh, yeah, delicate, right. like, oh God, we're going to kiss. Yeah. And so it is <laughs> practical and it is a means to an end and to throw yourself into it. Okay. Your director will pull you back. Yeah. Because you are not you. Not to yeah. be tentative. Not to be tentative. Give, you have got to give your character freedom. Mm-hmm. And by taking away that kind of delicate mm-hmm. um, ten- t- tentativeness, which of course comes with genuine sure. intimacy. Sure, yeah. Because, oh, look at the full moon right there. Yeah, but that's the thing is the the guy I'm doing this, I've never met him before and he's a straight guy. He's married, mm. you know. Right. And uh, I don't know so what my... So he's going to be feeling... What should you I know, say to him? In I say, a way, I say, look, uh, hey, buddy, say, bend um, over, we're in this together. <laughs> we're in this together. Imagine that yeah. you're both going through the jungle, or you're. This is this is like you got to hold hands and get okay. through this. That makes sense. You know, you're Idris Elba and Kate Winslet in the snow. 
Did I'll anybody see that, that movie? movie. No, no. no. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, what more do you want? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. well, the thank two, you. The two of them trapped uh-huh. in, a, in a hut. Yeah. That's all you need. With yeah. no one yeah. to come get them. Yeah. Right. They may as well. I would be happy. You know? Now, I want to ask you too. You talked about the first season of Westworld taking 18 months. Now, we read in the paper that there were people fired, the direction. So, how much of it had you filmed before someone else took over? Well, nobody else took over. Mm. The only people that changed were the HBO people, you know, mm. like the heads of HBO. Mm-hmm. They, they, we went through a couple of changes there. Mm-hmm. On our on our show, nobody was fired. What, what happened? But you had read those reports too. No, that I hadn't actually. Really, no, um, in the, 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 the trade said, uh-oh, trouble, trouble at, on Westworld. On Westworld. Yeah, at the High yeah. Corral. Yeah. Well, I think it, it was because we stopped. Why did you stop? We stopped because they had to catch up on the writing. Uh-huh. Because the, um, uh, the, the I, I can't even, I mean, to be honest, I don't really know the full mm. story, mm-hmm. but it was very practical and it was actually great for everybody to stop for a while and have a mm-hmm. hiatus. Mm-hmm. Because right. we had just gone on longer than we had anticipated. Because how much does it cost? 10, Is it 2 million per episode? I have no idea. It's it's an astronomical number. Yeah, it's like it's not Game of Thrones, but it's it's close. Yeah, it's a I'm lot sure of it money. Is. Yeah, I mean, it is a lot of money because we're making movies. Yeah, yeah, making it's movies. We're making movies. You mentioned earlier too, um, uh, Jonathan Demi and uh, the Bertolucci. Mm. What was the Bertolucci film? It was called Besieged, and it was Bertolucci. It was actually supposed to be a one-hour movie for TV mm-hmm. in Italy, mm-hmm. and. Um, so no one was going to see it, but as but Bertolucci was doing it as a favor to, to the head of the um, channel, and uh, he really wanted to go back to college in his head, you know. Mm-hmm. So he we, we we shot in this house. He was used to doing huge Hollywood movies, you know, a huge budget, and instead we had this tiny budget. We were filming everything in a house, so he couldn't fly out walls and mm-hmm. you know have huge cranes coming in. So he was limited, and he wanted those limitations because he wanted to get back to the to character yep. mm-hmm. and to having to figure out how to make things work mm-hmm. and it was exquisite and then mm. it, they decided to take it to a couple of festivals mm-hmm. and before you knew it it was no longer a one hour movie for TV it was a 90 minute feature film mm-hmm. and it just changed his career wow. it really wow. did wow. Um, it was great and so uh, j- did you work with Jonathan Demi also? yeah On twice what? Beloved uh-huh. Jonathan Demi and um, The Truth About Charlie, which was a remake of Charade. Yes. The, yes. Li- the little known film, Truth About Charlie, with um, Mark Wahlberg, Tim Robbins. Oh, right. And some Jung Hung Park, who's like, at the time, the most famous Korean actor. Yes. He might still be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so, and who plays who plays the Cary Grant role? Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Mm. And, and so, and uh, who, and we're going to, I know we're about out of time here, but... Um, what are your favorite over your career and you have a have had a long career and you have much more career left in you what are the highlights of your career director or film it's probably norbit right ah! oh my god the scene oh my the god the scene on the sun lounges with eddie was fr- freaking <laughs> hilarious it really was he was he was on fire that day. Oh, he oh. really was on fire. As, as <laughs> I can't. It's the only movie of mine my kids have seen. Really? They, oh, of course they love it. Yes. Love. Of love. course. I get more, more shout outs for Norbit than I do for anything else. I've Isn't done. that funny? That is insane. Truly. But like high points, that, so that's one. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> 
Beloved with with JD was huge. Yeah. Um and just that whole experience, Oprah. Who did Crash? Who did Crash? Who directed uh, Paul that? Haggis. Oh yeah, Paul Haggis. And he he was a TV director. I thought it was Soderbergh. No, mm. no, I'm not surprised that you think mm. that. Mm-hmm. No, Paul Haggis, um, which was another fantastic experience, and it was one where. I worked on it for like four days, mm. maybe a bit longer than that. You are kidding me. No. No, because four there were so days. many different yeah. scenarios, weren't there? Yeah. And- I, had to, <coughs> I flew to LA to do a couple of days and then I had to fly back again to do a couple of days. And it went through so many wonderful actors, that movie. Yeah. Because it, in the end, it was about scheduling, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was on it right from the very beginning. Me and Don Cheadle were like the first actors to be right. cast in it. Mm-hmm. And then 18 months later, we made it and I'd heard this person, that person, yeah. this person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we all did it because the script was so good. So good. So how good. do you? We're almost out of time. How do you? How do you master an American accent? How do you do? It? Oh, it, I it, love are you it. thinking in as an American when you're in your head? I'm trying to wrap yeah. my brain around because this. we don't get to master yours very. Easily. No, it's hard though because the the American accent everything's loose. The mm. tongue is loose. The jaw is much more slack. Mm-hmm. You don't you use a lot of, like, your tongue doesn't come forward as much as with an English accent. Everything's moving quite a lot yes. more. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you just don't have the same muscle. You have to develop muscle to use an English accent. Mm. Right. Whereas we get to relax uh-huh. when, we, when we adopt an that accent. That makes sense. Do you work with a trainer for that? Sometimes. It depends what budget they've got for the movie. Yeah. And nowadays I can just, I, I usually, the best way of doing it is find a person to copy. Right. Because... That you can have like a Californian accent, but you get three people from California, their accents are completely, are completely different, different to each right. other. Yeah. So it's about what accent would my person have? Right. In solo, do you have an American accent? I don't no, remember. British. You have a British accent. Yeah, yeah very yeah. neutral British. Yeah. But funnily enough, I think the, the thing that's most helpful um, is having a kind of music background as mm-hmm. well. Because it's mm-hmm. like learning a song. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, that's that, because that, you can hear music. There's a musical intonation sure. in, in accents. And once yeah. you kind of get the... And rhythm. There's a rhythm too. Oh, so that could help you, Michelle, in your... Learning this northern. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're doing a northern accent, which northern. is not easy. No, but you are going to nail it. It's just generalized northern, just like you have a generalized British accent. I have so a generalized well. British. Yeah. You're going to do general. And you're going you're gonna to nail it, uh, thanks, Did you have to learn your British... The one that you that you walk around with now, did you have to learn how to do that? Well, is, here's the is funny it different thing. from the Cornwall? It really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's the funny thing. When I was a kid, I I think because I, I I was so unsure of who I was because I never saw myself anywhere or felt myself like I wasn't in any kind of group. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any definition. My mum had a different accent to my dad. You know, the school. Da, 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 da. So I was so fluid. Mm-hmm. And we would go on holiday sometimes to, um, I don't know what the equivalent is here, but they're called Butlins, mm. summer camps. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole family goes mm-hmm. for a kind of all-in summer right. holiday. And I would say meet a, a girl, and you go and there's people from all over the country there. And I would usually meet someone from a different part of the country. And within a week, I would have adopted their accent. Yeah. I couldn't help it. Yeah. If yeah. I was with someone that had a different accent to me. I get it. I just I just used to be fluid like that. But yeah. I just didn't have, I wasn't, I didn't have a hold on myself. Also, but that's a, a person who is a medium, who can, who can, an, a conduit yeah. and a, a person in, into it. Yeah. Who I can just, just. I just, I feel other people. Mm-hmm. I don't have. It's the boundaries, yep. you know. I just move into their space. It's not, 
Certainly not now, but it definitely helped with having an ear. And it definitely helps in your fabulous acting career. Tandy Newton, oh thank you darling. so much for being with us. It's, it's I mean, you... Thank you for having me. It Brilliant. It is absolutely, it's a joy because you are such an incredible actor. And I've watching Maeve, you deserve that Emmy, watching oh. Maeve, it is so it's empowering for us the audience mm. watching it because you get to watch this character realize her power and mm. and and you root for her yes to, to get you're rooting more. for yourself you're rooting for yourself i mean that's what i love about mave is i can't pin down any sing any demographic that that loves her everybody Everyone men loves her. women different culture like in china everywhere that's loves amazing. this character because they feel with her, they can be free. Yeah. I was going to say yeah. that's amazing, but I should really say that's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. Well, thank you so much oh, for joining thank us. Thank you for, for having me and for inspiring me with all the work that you do. Thank you. And um, let's just rock on into the next season of everything. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's right. All right, Michelle. Well, until next you time, you're, you're on your way to uh, England I'm to do... Take uh, over up, up Tandy's north. You're going place. up north. That's going right. up north. <laughs> going up north. <laughs> yeah. Toodaloo, Pat. Yeah. Tom. All right. <laughs> until next time, my dear. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get a name, man? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love yourself, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.